This is City Post Church. We're about three things. Build, equip, and send. All under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A small church plant in Fort Worth, Texas. Who decided to do things a little differently. Adoramos a Jesucristo. I love City Post because of the people. It's where I belong. We truly preach the word. I love City Post because of the community we've been able to build. To do ministry like Jesus, for light to push back darkness. This is City Post Podcast. You know, so that was pretty awesome. Man, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 13. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to, ooh, did y'all hear that? Ooh. <clears throat> yeah, so I, my voice is rough right now. So we're going to get through it today, though. Um, yeah, we had this awesome wedding last night. Uh, shout out to Joseph and Kayla. If you guys are watching, why, though? Like, y'all just got married. You shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> but um, I know that there's quite a few people watching um, online today. So uh, thank you for joining us, and I hope everybody's doing good. I know there's been, like, a lot of, like, sickness going around and um, people being allergic to stuff and all that so, um, but yeah, we, we pray that this just kind of goes over. Everybody just needs to take like hand sanitizer and dump it all over your bodies. Um, yeah, <laughs> drink some of it because, <laughs> man, this is rough. So, um, but before we dive into the text, I just wanted to um, say thank you to this church. Um, man, your generosity always blows me away. So last week, uh, we partnered with three other churches and we did a big uh, turkey drive in Diamond Hill. And what a lot of people don't really understand or don't see is um, a lot of folks are receiving benefits and help from, like, the COVID relief package and all, all that stuff that was coming in. And um, when that ended, uh, that put a lot of people in a bind. So I know for some of us, when we think of, like, receiving groceries or even something like a turkey, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you're like, ah, just go buy one, no big deal. But when, when you have a family of like five or six in your home, um, that could actually be a pretty big expense. So um, this church, from people donating and donating money, we were able to give 31 turkeys away, which is big for, for a church our size. Um, so with the other churches and in like the other organizations, we actually gave away 232 birds at Diamond Hill. Um, it's pretty insane. So thank you so much for just being a generous church and for um, just kind of putting others first. It was awesome to see it. Like, we didn't know what the reaction was going to be. And then the day of, like, we had, like, Carlos showed up, dropped one off, and then Joanne, and then Annie came, and then some folks came here, and, like, there was, like, 11 of them here, and, People gave money and just all this. It was just insane, um, just the outpour. So we, it, was, it was a great time. And we're going to have some other opportunities uh, to bless some families coming up in December. It's going to be pretty cool. So we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 13. And I, I do want to tell you guys, this is a difficult parable today. Um, so I, I want to encourage you, when, when something is difficult, don't run from it. Actually lean into it. Try to learn from it. Jesus is going to give us a really tough teaching uh, this morning. 
And um, this is actually the first time I've ever taught this before. I've never even, like, really heard this before. Um, so just lean into it. And, and, you know, when Jesus speaks, he is God. He knows what he's talking about. And we need to adjust ourselves, not him adjust to us. So let's just, um, we're going to ask God to help us understand today because it's going to be pretty good. So we're going to look at verse 24 in uh, chapter 13. So let me find my spot here. One little head. There you go. There it is. All right. And this is what the word of the Lord has to say to us. It says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's, <clears throat> the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where, did, where then did all, this, all the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them out? Uh, no, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles and be, to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you help us to understand, Lord. And God, be with me as, as um, we teach this, Lord. Help me to teach it in its context and help me... Um, to gather my thoughts, Lord, that everything come from you and nothing from me. So, Father, we praise you and we thank you because you are a good God. In your name we pray all these things. Amen. All right, so we got to break this thing down. Now, Jesus, before he gets into this parable, he actually has another parable that he talks about beforehand. And that one is the parable of the sower. And we're not going to go through that one today. But that one is one that we see a lot of and we've, we've heard a lot about it. And the parable of the sower is pretty much that there was um, somebody sowing seeds <clears throat> to create a harvest. And then he says that some seed fell along the path, some seeds fell on rocky soil, and then some seeds fell and thorns grew up and choked it out. But then there were some seeds that fell on good soil, and that produced 40, 60, 100 fold. And pretty much what that parable is talking about is God's word. So as God's word goes out, he's talking about how there's some people that are going to receive it and somebody else is going to come and just kind of like take that away from them. There's some that they're going to receive it, but because the roots are not deep enough, because it's on rocky soil, winds are going to come, um, situations, trials are going to happen, and that's going to kind of brush that off as well. And then there's going to be some that thorns choke out. What are the thorns? Jesus talks about those are like the worries of this world. Those are like the riches. The, like anything that's not about kingdom, it's going to choke them out. But then there's some good soil that will produce. So that word's going to fall on good soil, and that's going to produce 40, 60, 100 fold. Jesus talks about that parable, and then he jumps into this one. So that one is about God's word. That one's about people receiving the gospel. That one's about the heart of man. Now Jesus is talking about his kingdom. And Jesus talks a lot about his kingdom when we read the New Testament. So what do we see here? 
Let's go ahead and break this thing down. This is a really, really interesting parable. So he says that, he told him another parable. Look at verse 24. The, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. So what we have to look at when we break this thing down, we have to think in twos. This whole parable, everything breaks down in twos. There are two sowers in this parable. There is one field. There are two outcomes. There are two different types of things that grow. So let, let's just go ahead and walk through that. What is it that happened? Because remember, when Jesus teaches a parable, that means that the people around him are understanding kind of the story he's, to, he's sharing. So he's using an example of what folks are trying I'm sorry, he's using an example of what people are experiencing. Verse 26 says, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the, that, the weeds also appeared. All right, so what he's talking about here, and we see the explanation in verse 37, there's two sowers in this parable. They both sow seeds, but one seed is wheat, the other seed is weed. And I started thinking, I was like, what is that? So what they would do back then, there was, there was something called Darnell weed. Darnell weed, not like weed, but like Darnell weed. I know y'all thinking, all right? Uh, so this, this Darnell weed stuff, um, this is real. And Darnell weed um, actually has the same structure as wheat does. And what people would do is that they would oversow fields in that time. And that was actually something that was done um, with malicious intent. You would do that to kind of jack somebody's crop up. If there was a business that you didn't like, you would go and just kind of throw that wheat in there. And, and this is why it was so destructive. Because as your wheat is growing, the Darnell weed grows as well. But because they both look alike, you don't realize that one is not going to produce any grain and the other one is. So you're looking at your field and you're like, wow, this is wonderful. We're going to have a great crop. And then all of a sudden you go out there and you harvest and you only get like 50%. That's jacked up, y'all. Because the whole time you're thinking like, man, my crop is going to be great. We're going to be fine. No problem. Well, guess what? Half of it doesn't work. So what people would do is that they would... They would go out to people I didn't like, and they would throw that weed, that weed out there. And, and even if you look at, um, like, first century Rome, there was actually laws against doing that. And people would do that all the time. So Jesus is using this to give an example of what it's like, what, what the kingdom of God is about. So that's the analogy. So there's, there's two people here. Now, let's jump to verse 37. So verse 37, Jesus explains this parable to his guys or to the disciples. They ask him, they're like, what is the explanation? So look at verse 37. He goes, this is the explanation. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people that the evil one and the enemy of 
Who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. Verse 40, and as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out the kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. A.K.A., I hope you're paying attention. So, so we got to talk about this. He's saying, listen, there's two sowers. There's two planters. So we know the field represents the world. That's what he just said. The field represents the world. The son of man is what Jesus calls himself. That's like his showing his humanity and his deity. So he would always address himself as the son of man. He's saying, like, I am God. The son of man is sowing the good seed. The good seed are the righteous. Those are the people that are believers. But then we have the devil who is sowing the bad seed. Now, here's what's interesting. They're sowing at the same exact time. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying that we're going to live in a world where good and evil coexist together. It's gonna, and they're both going to bloom at the same time. I mean, did you guys see last night there was a shooting in Colorado at a nightclub? Evil is going to come at the same exact time as good. It's all going to be together in one world. So evil is going to... I don't want to say do well. I don't want to give it props like that. But evil is going to expand, and so is good. And it's all going to happen at the same exact time, which is kind of difficult to understand this. Now, what we also see here is that we have God who is the father of the righteous. So what we need to make very clear, God is not the father of all people. Right? He's the creator of all. We've been all created in his image. But those who put their faith in Christ are, belong to God. Like that's the principle of adoption that we see in the scripture. Justification. We stand before him. So you either belong to God or, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you belong to the devil. And that's a hard truth, y'all. I know some of you are like, well, Rick, I don't believe in God. I believe in science. You know, like my nacho libre kicking in. You belong to the devil. You know, like, I'm sorry. That's a hard truth. We see this in John chapter 8 as well where Jesus kicks back to the Pharisees. And he's like, no, like, John chapter 8 verses 44 and 45. Where he's like, no, like, your father is the devil because you listen to him. And he calls him the father of lies. So listen, you either belong to God or you belong to the devil. That's a hard truth. You're like, oh, Rick, that's kind of rough. But that's exactly what Jesus is getting to here. So the devil is sowing in the same field at the same exact time. And what's scary about Darnell weed is that it looks exactly like wheat. So you might not even see anything bad coming from it. So you might just be like, it's fine. Until the harvest hits. And when the harvest hits, you realize 
that there's nothing fruitful that came from that Darnell weed. weed. And you're like, man, what happened? Well, what we saw in the first parable is that Jesus is talking about how the human condition of the heart is choking out the word. But here we see how the imitation wheat is choking out the fruitfulness. So Jesus is saying in this world, there's going to be some imitators. There's going to be people who claim to know him and don't know him. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They're going to claim to be followers of Christ. They're going to do miracles in his name. They're going to heal people in his name. They're going to like run churches. I hate to say this, but it's true. But when they stand in front of him in judgment, God's going to look down and say, I don't know who you are. So the question is not, do you know Jesus? No, does Jesus know you? That's the, that's the point. That's the hard question that we have got to ask ourselves. So this parable, we see that there's an enemy. We see that there are two sowers. There are two seeds. There are two um, responses to this. And then he talks about the end. I love the reaction of the workers. So the workers are the angels. And they see what's happening and they're like, shouldn't we go in and rip up that Darnell wheat? Like, shouldn't we just take it out of there? And Jesus says, no, don't do that. Why? Because if you do that, you're going to damage the wheat. You see, what ends up happening is that because they're so similar to each other, the roots actually entangle and engage. So if you do rip out some of that, that fake weed stuff, you're going to end up taking out some of the good wheat. So what he says is, no, no, let, let it grow. Let, let it happen all together because there's going to be a harvest that comes. There's going to be a day that comes where when we do harvest it, I'm going to take all of that fake weed. I'm going to gather it all together and I'm going to burn it. My angels are going to come out and they're going to eliminate all that stuff. And then I'm going to take the good wheat and then I'm going to put that in my father's storehouse. Now, we also see some scriptures that talk about heaven. It talks about in, in, um, where I'm going, there's, there's many, many mansions or many, many rooms. And if you grew up as in, Christian, in Christianity, you remember Audio Adrenaline? Anybody? No, just me. Big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up Christian. But what's interesting about that is that when they talk about that whole aspect of mansions, it's not in the sense of a massive mansion. I know a lot of us see that like, oh, I'm going to get a big old mansion when I go to heaven. No, that, that's not what it talks about. See, back in those days, like as a father, what you would do is as your family expanded, you would, you would set up a tent. And then your tents would grow. So you would be able to kind of tie up tents. So as your family grew and they got married, then your, your little like tent would grow and there would be tons of space. And then the more that your family grew, the more space you had and the more that your family expanded. So all of a sudden, you, it looks like a big old tent city around, but it shows like in blessing. What God is saying is like where I'm going, there's plenty of room for everybody. Like nobody's going to be left out. There's lots and lots of rooms for everyone to come but only those who believe in him and put their faith in him. So in order to try to destroy the Darnell wheat, that means that you're going to destroy the, the wheat as well. So Jesus says, just leave it. Leave it alone. Don't mess with it. 
So we're going to live in a world where good and evil are coexisting together. And that's kind of the question I want to get to, is how do we operate in a world where things look real but are not real? Like things look good but they're imitation. How do we operate in a world that evil and good are kind of like at the same level? Because we, we have got to understand, how to, we got to learn how to maneuver this society. Because there's going to be some times where we will be able to harvest it. I mean, there is going to be a time that's going to come where he's going to harvest. And that's at the end of the age. But until then, how do we coexist with evil and the devil and all that stuff? Why doesn't God just come in like clean house? So that's kind of what I want to look at with this parable. So just a couple of things. So number one, how do we do it? Or, or actually just some observations from this. Number one, we have to understand that because God is the sower, he's the one that sows us where we need to be. So there's times in our lives where we look up and we're like, how in the, why am I here? Anybody ever feel that way? I have. I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? I know, like, even last week, man, when I was, I was uh, traveling to Mizoram, you know, flying back on that long flight home, I'm just sitting there like, what is, like, why? Like, what am I doing here? This is wild. Like, I get to experience this stuff. There were times when I was getting my master's. I, now, listen, y'all, I'm terrible at school. Like, I suck at school. Like, I'm not going to lie. I got a D in Old Testament. I'm just confessing right now, all right? That's why we always go from the New Testament. No, I'm just joking. Uh, so. <laughs> it's a lie. They were like, you want to redo that class? And I was like, can I still pass? They're like, you can, but you're G- All right, yes, just, just get me through. Whatever, I don't care. Who cares about GPAs? Nobody looks at that anyway. All right. But, but there's times in my life where I find myself, and I'm looking around. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And what I want you to understand is that God is the sower. And God is going to plant his people where they need to be at that time. It might not make sense to you right now. But there's a term that I want us to get real familiar with. Because you're, be, you're supposed to bloom where you're planted. So wherever you're planted, whatever job you have, wherever like school you're in, you're supposed to be there and excel in it. Why? Because you're there to influence the Darnell weed. So if we live in a world of evil and we live in a world where where people don't know the Lord, maybe, just maybe, he has you there to influence those around you. Like what's going to, somebody's going to go give him a track? No, like your life is right there. You are the answer to what is happening in the world. We live in this evil world. There's so much going on, and there's times where we have to ask ourselves, Lord, why am I here? And I feel like God's saying, well, bloom where you're planted. I put you there. That's why. You're there for my glory. You're there to push the the darkness back. You're there to push the gospel forward. Bloom where you're planted. You know, what's interesting is, like, so many people want to reverse roles. Like, athletes want to be rappers. But rappers want to be athletes. Y'all see this? Like you always see like these celebrity basketball games and stuff. 
And then it's like businessmen want to be like in the nonprofit world, but then like nonprofit want businessmen hours. And everybody wants to kind of have this reversal role, uh, role in life. Some people are like, I want to be in ministry. And then people in ministry are like, I want to be in the real world. And it's like, where does God have you? That's where you need to be. So stop worrying about it. Stop tripping about it. Stop, like, trying to, like, figure it out. This is not a Rubik's Cube. It is, okay, what are the doors that God has opened for me to be at? And when he's the sower, so he is going to sow where you need to be for a specific purpose. And that purpose is so that way you can grow and you can expand. So that way when that Darnell weed starts coming in, your influence will show its fruit. So people are going to know what's fake and what's real. You are to be that wheat. You are to be the fruit. You are to be the realness. And you are to show the world what Jesus looks like. That's why God has you where you are. There's a lot of places where I always question myself, like, how in the world did I get here? The influences, the, 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 the people in the room, all those things. And, and I don't take that lightly. I started noticing, like, God, why do you have me here? There's a specific reason and purpose why you have me here. That's the right question to ask. Because that you're going to have that purging influence around, and people are going to see Christ through the fruitfulness of your life. And speaking of fruitfulness, you know, our role as believers, as followers of Christ... Our role, now this is going to come off a little like, what did you just say? Just, just hold me out here, okay? Because we got to look at the text. Our role is not moral re-engagement or realignment. Our role in this world is not to look at the evil and say, y'all need to change the way you act. It's not like re-armament. We, we, our, role, we're, our calling in this world as a church is not to go out in the world and change the way people behave. That's not the call. That's not what Jesus calls us to do, which is number two. So number one is bloom where you're planted. Number two, understand the assignment. What does Jesus call us to do? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them what I taught you. Our role as believers is to go share the gospel and proclaim his glory. Our role is not to try to change everyone's behavior. You know why? Because it ain't going to work. What did he just say? He's allowing evil and good to exist in this world. People want to rip it out, and Jesus says, no, leave it alone, because there's going to be a day that's coming where I'm going to do that. In the meantime, bloom where you're planted, Show your fruit and proclaim the gospel. You see, our role is not people's behaviors. Our role is people's salvation. The Holy Spirit is going to use us to share the gospel with people, not to change the way they act, but to save them, to change their hearts, to give them hope and glory, to be with him. You know, we've got to get away with this whole idea that we've got to like, oh, you know, like we've got to change the world. This whole like 
I hate to say it, but this whole like Christian nationalism and all this stuff, that is not our role as a church. Our role is to share the love of Christ, is to share the gospel with people, and to share his word, period. And everything else will take care of itself. Well, Ricky, you're like, well, Ricky, you just gave out a whole bunch of turkeys. What's up with that if that's not our role? <laughs> yeah, nobody thinks that. I hope not. <laughs> it's like, why do we feed people? Why do we do good then? Well, because he says that, love your neighbor as yourself. So that's why we love people. We meet that need. But our goal is not to make hungry people fed. Our goal is to make lost people found. And God is going to use giving out turkeys and giving out food and meeting the need so people can connect with the gospel. We have got to open our mouths. we got to share that. And there's no better way to do it than to meet the need that somebody has. That's exactly what it's all about. So what is this parable about? God is the sower. You better bloom where you're planted because we do live in a world of good and evil, and that's not going to change. And then we've got to understand our assignment. What does Jesus tell us to do? Go and make disciples. Preach the gospel. Don't worry about how people act and what they want to do. The Holy Spirit will take care of that. We have life. We are able to give them life, and that is through his message. So we've got to be purposeful in that. And then the last thing I kind of want to share, um, you know, something I was thinking about is, you know, what this parable, like, just, man, it just kind of wrecked my mind a little bit. Because God is talking about the world. He's talking about how good and evil are going to exist together. And then he's going to come at the end of the age and his angels are going to, you know, separate everything. We're going to be with him if we believe in him and all that stuff. But what about, like, the Darnell weed in our lives? How do we identify what God sows versus what the enemy sows? Because I feel like sometimes when God calls us to stuff, we, we say things like, yeah, you know, God called me to this, ah, but I suffer from depression. So, so that's the Darnell weed right there. So God is sowing this calling in your life, but then all of a sudden, where, where does this, like, I suffer from depression come from? Who planted that? Because if that's not going to fulfill God's purposes, then where's that from? So uh, just, just the last couple minutes we have together, I, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about this. How do, I, how do I identify the imitation wheat in our lives? How do I identify what's imitation versus what is fruitful? So how do we know it's imitation? Easy. Anything that holds you back from truly living out the purpose that God has for your life. It's that simple. If I'm called to teach, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I can't, man. My insecurities start flooding, and I'm like, oh, I stutter when I talk. I can't even read good. I got a D in Old Testament. How in the world am I going to do this? That's Darnell Weed right there. How do I know? Because I identified it. We all have something that we identify. And for a lot of us, God is sowing these calls. He's sowing passions and talents, and he's sowing all these things in our lives. But as we are embracing that, Satan comes in, and he starts to sow things in your life as well. 
Why? Because we live in a broken world. That's Genesis chapter 3. There's always going to be a struggle. There's always going to be a back and forth. But the, pro- the, the good news is that because Christ died and resurrected, we have victory over anything that Satan has on us. The problem is, do you realize that? Do you understand that? So how do I know easy? Because you could identify it. We could identify that Darnell weed in our lives. Easy. Like, Ricky, I'm called to this, but, man, I, I get I'm, my anxiety is through the roof. You just identified it. It's your anxiety. Where does that come from? We have got to, we, we know where these things come from. So if I know the problem, then I have two options in life. So one, I could just let it develop and deal with it. I, it could just be part of who I am. So if I know that, that, that thing that happened to me, if I know that, that thing that impacted me, whether it was abuse, whether it was heartbreak, whatever that looked like for you, if I identify that, my option is I could just live with it and let it play out, or I could focus on what's fruitful in my life and act on it. You see, God has sowed some things in all of us, but the problem is that our focus always tends to lean on the imitation instead of what he has given us to do. That's what they call Satan. The Satan is the, de- the, the deceiver. He wants to deceive us. That's, that's kind of what all this is about. So how do I fight this thing? So three things, and then we'll be out of here, and we'll be done. So how do I manage this? How do I manage Darnell weed and wheat, the fruitfulness? Because they're going to coexist in our lives. So we got to be able to lean on the fruitfulness. Number one is you manage it by identifying it. Because here's the truth. If we don't manage it, it's going to manage us. All of us have sin in our lives. All of us are broken. And God has restored us and rescued us. But it doesn't mean that it stops completely. That's why he says you must pick up your cross daily. It's an everyday thing with Christ. It's not a one and done thing. So number one is you identify it. Why do we got to identify it? You have to call it out. If you know what the issue is, you have got to say that's the issue. You have got to identify it. You know, you can't bring, God's not going to take anything that you do not offer to him. So you've got to offer it to him. You have got to confess that to him. So the first thing is you identify it. Like this is it. This is the Darnell weed. This is what I'm struggling with, God. And then number two, you acknowledge it. There's a difference between identifying something and acknowledging something. Because I could identify something and keep, keep it moving. Oh, like, yeah, there's a car accident, and I just keep walking. I identified what the issue was. When I acknowledge it, I get to the root cause of it. I'm acknowledging that this is not working in my life. I'm acknowledging that this is the struggle. You see, so when you acknowledge something, you get deeper into the roots, kind of like that Darnell wheat and that wheat, how those roots intermingle. So I have got to acknowledge what is the structure? What, what's going on? So this is the issue. 
This is the why. And then number three is I ask Jesus to be the God of the harvest. I ask Jesus to be the God of the harvest. So if these things are both growing in my life, what did Jesus say? He's like, I'm going to come and I'm going to take up all the fruitful. I'm going to get the good wheat and I'm going to take that to the Father's house. Everything else I'm going to burn up. We got to do the same thing in our lives. So when we acknowledge it, then we ask Christ to come in and he's like, Lord, be the God of the harvest. Remove this from me. Yank it out. There's a, there's a, a term called mortification. Put it to death. Now, why do we have to do this? Because God doesn't just remove stuff, he replaces stuff. So he'll take something from you, but he's also going to give something to you. We see this. So like if you surrender to Christ and you lose friends, it's okay. They weren't your friends. And what God's going to do, he's like, it's okay. I got something so much better for you. Bam, family. Friends are way better than family, family, y'all. Yeah, family. Can't even talk. I mean, the same thing, like, we deal with this all the time with relationships. Like, oh, she was the one. And like, no, man, listen, if, if God says no, he got something way better for you. We got to have that mentality. He doesn't just remove things, but he replaces things because that's the God that we serve. Man, so my prayer for you guys is that we lean into our fruitfulness and not into our imitation that we, we're able to see that God has sowed us in specific places, that we bloom where we're planted, that we're able to understand the assignment that he's given us, but then that we kind of take that into our own lives as well and understand that there's some things that God has planted in each and every one of us, but at the same time there's a deceiver that doesn't want that to happen. So we've got to learn how to identify it, acknowledge it, and give it to Christ and let him handle it. You can't do it. It's impossible, but Christ can do it, and that's the good news. So let's pray together. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much um, for being the God of the harvest, Lord. Lord, I know that sometimes these teachings could be kind of difficult, Father. But, Lord, we want to be faithful um, to understand your word. So, Lord, if there's some things that jostles our hearts a little bit, God, I pray that uh, you help us to lean into that truth and not run away from it. There's a lot of difficult things that the Bible teaches, Father. But we know that it's fruitful because it comes from you. So, Lord, I pray that you help us to be encouraged as we live in a broken world and not give up hope, Father, because we know that one day you will return and you will rightfully take what's yours. And in the meantime, God, I pray that you help us to lean into what you've sown in our lives, that you help us to identify anything that's imitation, acknowledge it, get to the root of it, and give it to you, Father, because you, you are the God of the harvest, and you know what's right and what's best for us. So, Lord, I pray all these things in your holy and righteous name. Amen. Stand and worship together.